All right, cool, man. Well, it's a hell of a time to be a dope fan. I mean, you're giving us everything we want. The old music out doing the reunion tour and then got a new album coming out and definitely got to talk about both. Were you in touch with all the guys? Where did this reunion, I mean, it started in Russia, but who was kind of the first phone call? Well, I mean, I got to clarify. It's not really what it seems like from afar. I mean, the band has never stopped. The only difference is that we don't tour, you know, insanely like we used to. Like, you know, first 12 years of this band, all I did was tour, make records, tour, make records, tour, make records. And then, you know, I really just needed to focus on some other priorities in life because my life had really become nothing but this band. And, you know, my personal life, my own health and happiness was always secondary. I mean, can't tell you how many, you know, births and funerals I missed because, you know, I was touring and that was my priority. So I just needed to shift things. So for the last several years, the band has continued to, you know, to do, you know, little little runs, two weeks here, two weeks there, going over to Russia, going over to the UK and those sorts of things. And, and the dope lineup has effectively always been kind of a fraternity. Like every single album has had a different lineup and some members have been on multiple lineups. The point I'm trying to make is that I've played with Virus a million times in the last several years. Me, AC, and Racy were just in the UK last year or two years ago with Cold Chamber, uh, but Virus wasn't there. So it's just, it was one of those things where I kind of scrolled through my, my Rolodex of dudes and right. I'm friends with everybody. We're all buddies. We always have been. And it all just comes down to availability. You know, all these guys have other gigs. You know, AC's playing in the Misfits now and in Joe and Chet and the Blackheart. Yeah. Virus was doing that device thing with David Draymond. So what happened, just coincidentally, the last time we were in Russia or going to Russia, I sort of sent out my emails to see who was available and who was interested in the opportunity. And when I got back my replies from Virus, Racy, and AC, it just occurred to me. I was like, I know I just play with Virus. I play with him all the time. I know me and AC and Racy just played together. But when was the last time that all four of us played and picked up the phone and started calling him and going, hey, dude, can you help me with this? And we all realized, man, it's been like 12 years since we all played together. So there really wasn't that much thought put into it. It's just, but once we realized that, it was like, well, you know, we can actually call this a, a Diamet Die reunion and that'll be kind of cool and that'll, you know, get us a little bit more awareness around it. And people love the word reunion, let's be honest. Right, right. Um, but I think there's, you know, a slight misconception, and, and it's fine, but, you know, because the band hasn't done a full national tour or put out an album in, you know, six or seven years, I think there's a lot of people that just think, like, oh, the band's been gone for seven years and they're reuniting. And, you know, a lot of people think that the lineup that we're touring with right now are the same guys that were on the record six years ago. And, and that doesn't bother me. Whatever works. As long as people are talking and they're interested and they want to see the band, that, that's, that's all good. But I think that to answer your question with way too many words, I apologize. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that there's, you know, a bit of a misconception over, like, you know, what this is and, and how this all came to be. Uh, not like the band has been, you know, gone for 12 years and, you know, we've just been, you know, waiting to patch things up between us or something like that. Like, nothing could be further from the truth. We've stayed active and we're all friends and it's just it's a cool thing to celebrate that, that this little group of dudes is able to go out there and have our inside jokes and and, uh, and have fun together. Right. Yeah. Nothing like the other reunions going on, like aforementioned Misfits or Guns N' Roses, where those were about relationships patching up before those could happen. This was yeah. completely and also, different. Yeah. And too, with all due respect to those guys and to everybody involved in this, 
Dope has never really been that kind of a band. Like, to me, it's hard to, you know, I grew up on Guns N' Roses. It's hard to see Guns N' Roses without Slash and Axel together. Like, that, it really is. That You know, Sweet Child of Mine with Slash and the Top Hat and Axel and the Bandana. Like, that's right. part of what made the band. I, you know, I, I've always modeled dope more after you know an Alice Cooper or you know let's use Nine Inch Nails as an example where I can go see Nine Inch Nails and Trent Reznor's there and ultimately that's Nine Inch Nails and I know he's going to put a great band around him but I never know if it's going to be Chris Brenna on drums or what what it is and, and that's that's very much the way dope has always sort of uh, materialized through the years and I'm very grateful that I have a really cool you know fraternity of dudes that know the songs and know the gig and we're all friends and you know when I need to put a lineup together or when I'm going to the studio I got a, a good group of guys that I can call on to help me uh, you know support what I'm doing and, and get me to the finish line so this tour has been great you know we've got uh, whether it's because we are promoting a new record or if it's you know the Ward reunion or a combination of everything or also you know I think that there's value in not overplaying you know, I think the fact that the band doesn't tour all the time and doesn't overplay and, you know, play Detroit five times a year like a lot of other bands do, it gives people a, a more of a reason to, to look at it as an event and to really be excited about it and to come out and support it. So we've had a really successful run, and uh, I look forward to continuing on, you know, in the future. But again, I don't feel the pressure. While we're going to drop a record, we need to be right back out on the road again. Like, I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think we'll let people absorb the record for a little while and then when it makes sense to go out and do another tour you know dope will go out and do another tour and again i like that we booked this one with a lot of time out a lot of on sale time a lot of ability for people to know the tour was coming it all worked out really good for us i was just curious going back to that life album and playing it on this tour has there been any favorites or one that you're really stoked on playing every night or one that you maybe kind of forgot about from that album going oh it's been great playing it live the live album is, is like 20 songs and it's, it's a few songs from each album there's a few that we brought back that hadn't been played in a while there's a song called stop off the life record that, that i enjoy playing yeah. uh take your best shot off the life album also that kind of uh you know had stopped playing that one regularly we're playing pig society from the first record which is the first song off the first record which is kind of cool my favorite song to play is still one of our newer songs called violence and uh and one of our uh, third record songs called bitch like those are still two of the ones that i really i like playing the most but but yeah man it's cool to see the fan reaction and I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh to the next run as well where um you know, because we did this live album, I sort of felt compelled to, to pretty much play all the songs off the live album for this tour. Um, but I'm looking forward to another tour where I can kind of dig into the, the six albums that we have and play some of those sleeper tracks a little bit that I feel like fans call for a lot as well. So, um, you know, that's one of the cool things about having six records and, you know, 15 songs a record. We got like 85 songs at this point um, you're never going to be able to play them all um, but the more we're around the more we can start kind of adding, adding a couple that we haven't ever played or that we haven't played in a long time and um, but it's always hard to do that too because it's like, well, what do you cut? Right. And you can't play. You can't play two and a half hours a night, you know. <laughs> right. And there's certain songs that you have to play now. It, it you know. Yeah. 
in your career like it, people will be pissed if they don't hear die mf die exactly so you know there's there's a there's there's a little bit of a conundrum there but i think uh i think we solve it pretty well and we'll figure it out um but it's been great man tour's been great cool you know another way i like to explain this to people uh when it comes to this lineup versus another lineup is it's kind of like you know when you're in junior high and you have your buddies that you hang out with if you were to get back together with those guys again you'd have little inside jokes and innuendos and nicknames and things like that oh yeah maybe you hung out with your high school friends maybe one or two of those guys you went to junior high school with also so some of those jokes and little innuendos are the same but then you have the other guys that round out your click and that makes things a little different it's kind of how it's been for me and, and the different lineups it's like you know when the four of us get together there's just a different dynamic of 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 jokes and inside jokes and memories and oh man you remember when we were here and uh, and that's very different than I'm with you know when I'm with uh, a different lineup even if two or three of the guys are the same there's still different layers of jokes and, and the relationships And but again it's all good I mean I have a, a really solid relationship with everybody that's ever played in the band and um, we're all grown ups and respect each other and appreciate what we you know have done for one another in, in, in our lives and it's a cool thing yeah it's a great great time in, in dope land if you want to call it that like I was saying before let's talk a little bit about Blood Money Part 1 Coming out on the 28th and uh, got to be excited for that. The first one in a while, like you said, so far off to a great start. What I've heard, Blood Money, the tune, and also Hold On, amazing song. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm digging it, man. I mean, again, to me, it just picks up where our last album, No Regrets, left off. Um, I feel like we've continued to kind of expand our our sound through the years but at the same time the band has always been and you you said it great yourself that second record life it had die mf die and it had now or never the second you know the next record we put out had songs like burn and it had songs like sing um you know next record had you know no way out and always so we've always been that band that goes really far to one side when it comes to the middle fingers and the and the venom but we've also gone all the way on the other side too where it's just really personal and, and emotional or melodic um, and to me as an artist that's the truest way that I know to express myself is like whatever you know we, we're humans and we go through a series of emotions and I don't censor what I'm feeling or what I'm going through in my life as an artist writing songs I don't censor it because I think oh that that doesn't sound like dope like it's hilarious to me when I hear someone say something like oh that doesn't sound like dope it's like dude i sang it <laughs> and i wrote it and i have dope tattooed on my knuckles like who the hell is gonna tell me what sounds like dope like right so um we've always been very wide with our sound and, uh, and never afraid to you know to express you know any side of it and and that's what we'll continue to do i think blood money may have a few less middle fingers and be a little bit more internal uh me looking inward rather than looking outward at the world but i you know i think that's a product of where i'm at in my life and what i've gone through in the last several years um also because there's been a gap between no regrets and blood money part one uh that's why it's ultimately going to be a multi-part album because there's so many songs are written in that time that i'd have a hard time separating them into different 
albums or different titles. Right. So, um, so I feel good about that. And part two will come here at some point, and then uh, then I I'm already with the uh, you know the politics that are going on and the, and the the way the world is starting to get a little bit more nutty. Um, I can see a more outward record, a more pointed and, and middle finger hurling record coming uh, coming in the future. But uh, this one's a little more personal and uh, something that uh, I needed to do. Yeah, and, and we could certainly use that middle finger record in this day and time and in the world and everything that's going on. But one other note I wanted to make, and you had kind of touched on it too, uh, you know, really listening to the new songs and then going back to that Life album, and it's probably just kind of a natural progression the longer around, the longer you're playing music, but a lot more technicality and, and guitar playing and shredding on the new stuff versus the old stuff. Uh, no doubt about it, but again, I think uh, I, I feel like no regrets uh, with where we really started to turn that corner. There's a bit of it on No Way, or excuse me, a bit of it on American Apathy, but No Regrets was where I feel like we really started to feel that evolution coming to the forefront from our other contemporary bands, bands like uh, you know Trivium or Avenged uh, uh, Sevenfold. Um, you know, those bands began to sort of turn the corner where being a, a talented musician and, and showcasing, you know, dueling guitars and harmony guitar parts and stuff started to be more in the in the limelight. And, you know, we're influenced just like anybody else by the things that we like and, and contemporary bands that we like. So no regrets. We started to uh, exploit that a little bit more, which was cool for us because, you know, coming from the era we came from, um, musicianship wasn't really a very big part of bands back then. You know? No. Corn, dope, Limp biscuit, like you, you could play, but it wasn't really like, who knows, who knows how good those guys can play. So we right. were excited when it was like, man, we can actually start to show that this band has talent, that this band can really play our instruments. And um, I feel like that started to come through in No Regrets. And then on this record, we just kind of, you know, kept that going to the next level without uh, compromising the simple groove and compromising, you know, the, the, the spirit of what dope is. We've been able to, you know, to really exploit the musicianship within the band. And a song like Hold On is a great example where, to me, it's kind of like a now or never on steroids. It's like right. real melodic and very heartfelt. But man, if you can't play guitar and you can't play drums really, really well, <laughs> you can't play those songs. I mean, they're really complicated songs. And, but but at the same time that they're complicated, I feel like the hook is massive and I feel like it just makes it more interesting and, and, and more, you know, just smarter. And um, again, and the kids today can play so well that like it's just part of, of being a musician nowadays. I feel like simple is cool but sometimes pushing that envelope of, of intelligence within the musicianship uh, is really inspiring to me. So we, we've been pushing that envelope a bit. Yeah, it's like having that yin and yang, you know, a little bit of both. Yeah, totally. Totally. And, uh, you know, the other thing I always love about Dope, too, is always kind of bringing that industrial side of things. And I imagine that stems a lot from coming out of the Chicago area, Illinois, which seems to be like the the hotbed or the, the homeland for industrial music kind of in, in the States here. Yeah, sure, man. Um, I mean, and, and to me, it was growing up on 
you know, bands. Like when I was young, it was the Guns N' Roses and the Molly Crews. And then I got a little older, and then it became like Nine Inch Nails, Ministry, Rage Against the Machine. And that's those are the things I feel like made up the initial dope kind of influence. Like Rage Against the Machine meets Ministry meets Molly Crew. You kind of have early dope. Right. Um, and then since then, it's just continued to evolve and expand. But um, it'll always have those industrial elements in it. Um, and, you know, and it just as the time ticks away and we, we go you know, now into 2017, like, I'm going to continue to expand the band's sound into the, those modern places using modern production techniques and modern, uh, you know, just delivery of the hooks and of the guitar parts because it's important to me to, to, to remain, you know, you know, current um, again without compromising the spirit of the band. Like I, I feel like um, you know, I feel like we do that. I feel like you can listen to to this dope record. You can listen to songs like Hold On or Blood Money, and you can go, man, it sounds like dope. But if this was a brand new band that came out tomorrow, I would believe I would believe it. Like I don't listen to dope in 2016 and go, oh, they sound like they're stuck. They're just doing the same thing over and over again. Like definitely I'd not shoot myself if that was the case. <laughs> I can't. You know, I can't, I can't exist like that. I gotta grow, and at the same time, you know, I also gotta hold true to what got me where I am. So it's, a, it's an interesting balancing act. If, if you were to do like a Mount Rushmore, if you were to get on the side of a hill and chisel it out, who would be your, your uh, Mount Rushmore of industrial? <laughs> um, well. That's a hard one. I'm probably not the best judge of that because there's so much industrial music that that doesn't really get to me because I need hooks. Right. So, like, like for instance, a band like Ramstein that a lot of people like, I just don't get it. And I, the guitars are cool, but I can't get into vocal delivery that doesn't hook me. And KMFDM is another one where they're like they're pioneers of industrial, but like I just don't get it. Ah. Um, my Mount Rushmore would be more of the more commercially successful industrial act. Like I would put Ministry up there. Okay. I would put Nine Inch Nails up there. Even though he's so much more commercial, I would put Marilyn Manson up there. Um, you know, to me, uh, you know, that yeah, it's it's tough for me to go deeper into the into the land of. Uh, you know, uh, skinny puppy even like, yeah, you, you know, they're, they're so influential, but the hooks were never big enough for me to go. Yeah. I want to listen to that over and over. It was more like, it's really cool. And it's you know, almost like how Gigi Allen was such a psychopath that it made it cool. Right. But I don't want to listen to it. Right. It's, it's, kind of, it's not, it's more that it's more that you respect the boundaries that were pushed more than you respect the songs. Um, I'm a song guy. So if it's not a song, it's hard for me to get around it, which, again, is why I appreciate a lot of the ministry stuff, because even though it was very dirty and pushing the boundaries, there were choruses and there were there were hooks. And Nine Inch Nails, of course, took that to a whole nother level. And Manson did a, f- a fantastic job with that, too. Um, but uh, but, yeah, I'm not your your consummate 
purest of industrial, I, I, I would I would be on the sidelines of that conversation. No, I think, uh, and that's perfect too, because I feel like I'm like that too. I have a, a love and affinity for the industrial side of things, but I don't get super deep into front two four two and stuff like that. Like I, I'm I'm with you. I want a chorus. I want some guitars. I, you know, I want some keys in there too. But I need some guitars and I and I need some chorus. You know. Yeah, man. So for me, I, I like I like industrial influence. I'm not right. sure that I like industrial. I think when it's 100% industrial music, I get turned off by it. But when somebody, in, you know, incorporates it into the into the sound, I'm like, wow, that's really cool. Um, and again, that's why I use bands like uh, Race Against the Machine. Clearly not an industrial band, more of an activist type band. Right. Um, cool sounds like that to me uh, was very influential and again I feel like you can hear a little bit of that in, in early dope um, so you know uh, you know taking Raising Against the Machine Ministry and Molly Crew that that those were those were a lot of the building blocks for early dope for sure and just because it's topical and it's Halloween season how about for for your Halloween do you have a favorite slasher like out of the, the classic ones like you know Freddy Jason Michael Myers did you did you have a favorite franchise uh yeah for me it's undeniably michael myers oh ah, okay yeah he's he was uh he was the scariest one to me as a kid he was always like the consequential boogeyman um yeah i really love him I, you know i'm also a, a fan of of the early freddy you know the first nightmare on elm street movie was terrifying right uh, i thought that was great um and uh, and of course, how do you not love Jason? Man? Um, but but I uh, you know I'm also a big fan of The Shining. Um, you know that that was such a great film, such a scary, dark film without you know a boogeyman. Right. There was a little little more realism to it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, man. I I, I I like a lot of that stuff. I'm not was never really into the screen movies. They were a little goofy for me. Right. Um, I wish they wouldn't remake everything. Oh God! That's the world we live in. Yeah, that's a that's a whole nother topic about all the remakes yeah. and and all of that. Well, dude, thank you so much for the time. It's been a blast talking to you, and I look forward to seeing you out at the Grove of Anaheim, the last date of the tour. I'm hoping that'll be a fun one, and we'll see you out there, Ed. So, thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Have a great day, man.